Welcome to the first episode of Rose Carpet Theatre, a new podcast devoted to watching the drama of the red carpet. I'm Mark Challen, and in this podcast, I'll be covering all of the red carpet pre-shows from the big EGOT award ceremonies, the Emmys, the Golden Globes, the Oscars, and the Tonys. And maybe even I'll do a few more for good measure. In Rosé Carpet Theatre, I'll be dissecting the spectacle of the red carpet, from the set designs and the product placements to the pose-offs on the step and repeat. I'll be taking a look at the media outlets who covered the red carpet to see who's earning top marks and who's leaving us wanting more. In this episode of Rosé Carpet Theatre, I'll be talking about the 67th Primetime Emmys, television's biggest award ceremony, which aired on Sunday, September 20th, 2015. I'll be looking at the coverage of the Emmys pre-show from two major media outlets, E! and Fox.com. So kick back, pour yourself a glass of rosé, or promise me that you'll have one soon, and enjoy this segment of Rosé Carpet Theatre. If you have ideas about the red carpet or anything that I talk about in this episode, you can tweet me at Mark Challen Live. That's M-A-R-K-C-H-A-L-L-E-N-L-I-V-E. Or you can find me with the same handle on Instagram. First, a word from our sponsor, Chateau de Provence Rosé Wine, the style side of culture in every sip. CDP, as I call her, Shadow du Provence Rosé, CDP, she just got back from the red carpet, and you know what? She's a little miffed. She was feeling like she was looking amazing on the red carpet, but just as she was going to do a little pose off, red edged her out. You know, red always tries to be all deep, full bodied on the red carpet, and then white got in the way and white was sort of a big mix-up between being dry on one side and sweet on the other and just when CDP Rosé thought she had had her fill of red and white then comes Champagne on the red carpet who got in front of everyone because she was just so darn bubbly. CDP Rosé felt so chic when she first got on the red carpet but afterwards she was worried that some people didn't seem to notice her. So I thought about what she was telling me and I told her this. I said, you know what, CDP Rosé? You've got nothing to worry about. It's a known fact that Rosé is what people with real taste and style go for. Anyone who's into style understands how cool you are. Not white, not red, not champagne, but you, CDP Rosé. And then to quote Big Edie, talking to Little Edie in the documentary Great Gardens, I said to CDP Rosé, you're an acquired taste, babe. Upon hearing those words, CDP Rosé lit up a huge smile, and so we chilled out for a while. Chateau de Provence Rosé wine, the style side of culture in every sip. Look for it at your local purveyor of fine wines. All right, so I'm back to talk to you about the coverage of the red carpet from the 67th Primetime Emmys from the Microsoft Theater in downtown LA. The red carpet is one of the last bastions, I think, of event television. And even though there are amazing red carpet recaps on shows like Fashion Police and, of course, on the next day, every single talk show you can think of, I believe that if you've been bitten by the style book, you really want to watch the drama unfold in real time. And that's exactly what I did on Sunday. So let's start with E! Network's coverage, which kicked off at around 3.30 p.m. 
and I want to talk about the set design. He did a really great job in giving us a good overview of the red carpet. And we knew from the print ads that the Emmys red carpet was going to have an art deco feeling. All their ads uh, kind of shouted art deco, lots of golds, lots of blacks, lots of whites, kind of a metropolis vibe that, um, that said art deco to me in the pre-ads. So sure enough, when we looked out at the red carpet at 3.30, the step and repeat was white. It had extremely tasteful logos and branding on it with the uh, the Emmy logo and Fox in big gold letters. The pipe and drapes were all covered in gold lame fabric um, and the usual boxwood shrubs looking very smart. And, you know, I always get a little laugh at those because I think, God, how many fake boxwood shrubs do they put in there? I reached out to the amazing Julia Cunningham from Entertainment Weekly Radio on Sirius XM Satellite Radio, Channel 105, and Julia was working the red carpet at the Emmys this year. And like me, Julia has a love for the details of design. And so in a quick little email exchange, I pumped Julia for a bit of insider information. So I'm going to read you a little excerpt from uh, what Julia said on the red carpet. She said, after spending some time on a few red carpets, it was clear to me that the Emmys spared no expense in making the carpet perfect and in running it smoothly. As you entered the red carpet, there were young women in bright blue dresses who greeted you with bottles of Fiji water with straws drilled into the top so as not to disturb your lipstick. As you turn the corner, you are greeted by a long, deep red carpet that had a light, springy underpadding so your heels wouldn't stick to the carpet when you walked on it. I'm not sure if the carpet was cushioned to make it comfortable for the people to walk on or maybe to absorb the sound. Or maybe the underpadding was there to soak in all the sweat. It was 97 degrees after all. I stood behind what I assumed was a fake bush, but as I walked closer, it was in fact real, classy. And this is what Julia is saying to me in an email and she continues on. I was situated behind a box of hedges, which was pulled outwards like a barn door. Little leaves from the hedge would grab and pull at people's dresses as we made our way towards the press area. The good thing was that the real hedge was sturdy enough to rest my iPhone, my microphone, and everything else I had with me. It was a perfect shelf. And that was from pop culture and media expert Julia Cunningham of Entertainment Weekly reporting from the front lines of the Emmys red carpet. You can follow Julia by listening to her on EW Radio on Sirius XM channel 105, or you can follow her on Twitter at Julia Cunningham. Now, over on E! while I was watching it, I saw, of course, um, the anchor Julia Narancic, who had a shelf of her own, kind of like the one Julia was talking about. But Juliana's shelf is kind of hilarious. It looked like a gardening shelf at Home Depot or something from Bed Bath & Beyond. And I've always wondered since I've seen this shelf, which has kind of made its appearance on an uh, e-red carpet coverage a few years ago, what the heck is on that shelf? Sometimes it's filled with props. Sometimes it's filled with flowers. This year it was filled with flowers and stacked 
boxes and I would actually love to know what's inside of there. I'm assuming it's to uh, hide camera and mic equipment, but who knows what goes on in the e-red carpet shelf that looks like something from the nursery side of Home Depot. Now we saw something completely new this year going down on the red carpet in terms of style. And instead of filling their section with white flowers, like lilies or calla lilies or chrysanthemums or even orchids, which I've seen before with E, this year the flowers were purple. And that's kind of cool news for those of us who are red carpet watchers because we are not used to seeing purple flowers. They had purple hydrangeas and clematis or clematis, however you want to say that, mixed in with um, eucalyptus. And it all kind of set a very sultry tone for E. Now I'm guessing that they were fake, but if they were real, please let me know. I know you can get fake um, purple flowers, especially hydrangeas at places like Pottery Barn. Even uh, Vanity Fair on social media tweeted at 4.48, this is what they said. They said, E has stepped up its Emmy red carpet game with its own wind machine and floral arrangements in mystic tan complimentary hues. Nicely done. So that was a little shout out from Vanity Fair to E. For the viewers, purple felt like a hot choice. It felt sultry, very appropriate for an end of summer award show and especially appropriate for the weather on the red carpet. As we heard Julia saying, it was hot as Hades. The fans were out in full force. Um, handheld fans were carried by some of the celebs. They had overhead fans and there were fans underneath the red carpet blowing up on people like Ryan Seacrest and June Ambrose, who um, worked over on Fox.com, she caught a picture of herself uh, that she posted on Twitter of a fan going up between her beautiful ball gown. Everyone, of course, was sweating. You could see that celebrities were mopping their brows. They were generally glistening or glowing or mopped in sweat. Um, Miss America, Olivia Culpo, she almost passed out during a uh, game, a, a fake game show with the folks from E! And there was a shot on Twitter of um, Mario Lopez's sweaty shirt. It was completely soaked right through. Amy Schumer looked hot as heck. Um, and even Ryan Seacrest, who usually looks so composed on the red carpet, his hair was this giant, big bouffanty mess that kept getting curlier and tighter curlier as the show wore on. So let's talk about E for a second. How did they do? Well, E issued a press release leading up to the show that stated the following. E's Ryan Seacrest and Juliana Rancic are back in action on the red carpet, providing viewers with a front row seat to the hottest ticket in Hollywood this month. Featuring interviews with TV's biggest stars and Emmy nominees, and an up-close look at the fashion via E's Glam Cam 360, and the over 20 cameras covering the event, this two-hour television event exemplifies E's domination of the red carpet landscape. I think E actually lived up to the hype. They had a, a crack team made up of uh, Juliana Rancic and Brad Goreski. They also had Ross Matthews and Kristen Dos Santos and Christina Millian, and of course, Ryan Seacrest. So to start off the show, 
Brad Goreski and Juliana kind of launched into a bunch of games and a lot of like fashion history knowledge, which I really appreciate, especially coming from Brad, who we know is an ace fashion stylist. And he's really taken over the mantle of the learned fashion colleague, the guy who's going to talk to you about real fashion, about the history of fashion, the designers, what's going on when celebrities try on gowns. Brad brings kind of an intellectual gravitas that I think um, E really needs. They had some kind of fun banter. There was some games. There was one called um, Game of Tones, where they imagined celebs dressed in uh, different colors of gowns. They had a little something called Fashion Blast, where you know every so often Brad would interrupt their conversation and he'd say, oh, I've just received a fashion blast. Um, Claire Danes is getting out of her limo and she is wearing Prada. And of course, E being E Network had all the slick graphics on hand to make fashion blast a thing. So it really felt like um, kind of high award show coverage, like something you might see uh, on the NFL or in the Olympics if you watch those sorts of things. Um, There's no doubt that Juliana, of course, is in command. She was the anchor and she held it down very uh, smoothly and her timing is, is impeccable and she looked great but you know I really did feel the absence of of course Joan Rivers but also of Kelly Osborne. Kelly Osborne, I've never been a massive fan of her on the red carpet she's either a little underprepared or perhaps um, she's too emphatic with her gushiness but what i liked about kelly is that she's loose cannon like joan rivers you never knew what was going to come out of kelly's mouth she never seemed scripted i think that's what made E's coverage of the red carpet always so exciting for me is the idea of it not being overly scripted and the idea of there being some cringeworthy moments and I think the reason that E has become so scripted and they've dialed it back so much on the uh, surprise moments is because of the recent backlash towards things like the Manicam. As you can remember last year, Elizabeth Moss kind of famously flipped off the Manicam. You know, that's the place where celebs would walk their fingers down a fake red carpet and a camera would capture the fingers walking in action so you could see their manicures. And a lot of people were saying, you gotta ask women more on the red carpet. That's why they started the hashtag Ask Her More. And if you want to learn about that, you can go to the representationproject.org and delve a bit deeper beyond just the fluff of fashion and really not just ask a woman what she's wearing, but more about what um, the role was like and how she tackled the role. And this would give us more of a sense of women and their place in pop culture. And of course, I agree with that. But there is something to be said for fashion for fashion's sake. There's nothing wrong with a bit of celebratory fun around fashion, and it's the red carpet. And I think that it's a mistake to take the red carpet too seriously. And even though we're losing things like the Manicam, I think that E could bring back some tropes that are fun, a sense of humor or a sense of unpredictability or something fun to keep the energy up that I felt it was missing just a little bit this year. After this short break, I want to give you my e-network report card and I want to talk to you about their sponsorship and product placements and how they did on that front. 
Now, speaking of product placements, I want to tell you about a conversation, another one I had last week with my friend Chateau de Provence Rosé, or who I call CDP Rosé. Well, she joined me inside the TIFF Red Carpet Lounge. That's the Toronto International Film Festival Red Carpet Lounge, which I got to help design this year. And CDP Rosé and I got to talking about her recent visit to St. Bart's. And she said, you know, Mark, I got to tell you, if I was going to pack really light, I would for sure bring one key accessory. And I said, well, what accessory is that? What would you possibly need to bring to St. Bart's? And she said, well, for women, it's the straw fedora. It works with everything. It works with a pair of aviators. It works with a great tunic or a long flowing dress. And for men, CDP Rosé said I would bring a Breton striped shirt. That's the sort of classic blue and white striped French shirt. Um, you may remember it from, you know, there's a, a great photo of Picasso back in the day wearing this shirt. Sometimes it's a three quarter length sleeve. It can also be a regular style short sleeve too. So the straw fedora and the Breton striped shirt are CDP Rosé's top picks. And I said to her, well, you know, I don't have it in the budget this year to go to St. Bart's. And she said, you know what, Mark? These two accessories could work anywhere in the world. Anywhere that you need a little bit of warm weather style. Bring a straw fedora or a Breton striped shirt. I thought, you know what, CDP? You are talking my talk because like you, a rosé wine that's good for any time of year, those fashion accessories are going to work. So. I thanked her for that tip and we chilled out a bit more in the red carpet lounge. Chateau de Provence Rosé is the true style side of culture in every sip. Look for it at your local purveyor of fine wines. Now, let's take a look at how E treated their sponsors on the red carpet. And this is really important to me because in my day job, I work with sponsors doing custom advertising campaigns. So the e-sponsorships were actually relegated mostly to the skybox and that's where Ross Matthews was um, with some of his co-hosts and the sponsors as I saw this year from e were Samsung and Samsung Galaxy and Absolute Vodka. With Absolute, Ross and Kristen, his co-host, they had cocktails in their hand. They were saying, you know, this is a great way to beat the heat with an Absolute cocktail. But you could tell they probably were not taking a sip from it. They were not talking about the flavors. They weren't really integrating the drink in any way. In fact, it looked rather uncomfortable with them having a cocktail way up high in a skybox. So I don't think they hit the mark with that particular sponsorship. Another one that I think was the missed opportunity was with Samsung Galaxy, their their new um, smartphone. You know, they had one of their correspondents, Zana Roberts Rossi backstage, and she was using the stylus of the Samsung phone to kind of draw hearts on fashion pictures. And then Ross up in the skybox had the same phone and he was using the stylus just to kind of like, I don't really know what he was doing, just doodle on it. And I thought, you know, if I was in charge of the product placement for Samsung on the red carpet with E-Network, I would have done something really cool with social media. I would have shown the viewers how to make the red carpet look extra vibrant, perhaps using the stylus to write some captions on it, show you how to uh, tweet it out to your friends, and really how to capture 
amazing photographic moments using Samsung. And I think it was a missed opportunity on E's part. I do think you can make these marketing campaigns super integrated and super fun if you give it a bit of foresight. And I don't think E really spent the time to do that. The other thing I think that was a bit strange for E for me, and I don't know if you had a chance to see this, but Kat Sadler, one of the hosts at E, she had a different setup on the red carpet. They actually threw to a tape segment with her, and, and this is what the press release said. It said, additionally, E's Kat Sadler sits down with three of the biggest fashion and beauty bloggers of the moment. The fashion lovers discuss their favorite past Emmy looks, like Blake Lively and January Jones, and what they think it takes to stand out on a major carpet. They also were reveal their must-see celebs of the night like Taraji P. Henson and Taylor Schilling and more. Well, these ladies were sitting in this farmhouse that was all painted white and it looked like this kind of like beautiful lofty shed and I had to rewind the footage several times to see that it was in this place called Lombardi House which is in Hollywood. I think it's an event venue rental these women were in what I call cupcake dresses, you know, kind of like shift dresses with really high heels and they were made up to beat the band and they were doing all the kind of girl talk like, I'm Team Taraji, I'm Team Taylor. And I have no idea if this was a sponsored segment or was E maybe doing Contra with Lombardi House? Did they host a party there and they need to pay them back or something? It just felt really weird and forced to me. And I'm not a big fan on that kind of cupcake chatter. I actually agree with the Ask Her More folks to kind of get rid of this sort of banter with women where they just sort of talk about the pretty side of the red carpet almost like a girl would in the sandbox when she was five it wasn't interesting it wasn't elevated and in no way made the red carpet jump out to me in a sort of important cultural way so i'd say low marks for that from e but where I do give E high marks is in their ace in the hole, Ryan Seacrest. He is slick, he's suave. As I said before, he had some problems with his hair and he may have mentioned his suit line, Ryan Seacrest Distinction, a few too many times. But of course, uh, the whole red carpet was produced by his production company, so you're gonna kind of expect that. He's really good at, at smoothing over those awkward, potentially awkward moments with the celebs on the red carpet. He keeps things going. He's a perfect counterpart to Juliana and um, you know, he had some hilarious run-ins with, with Kevin Spacey, who wasn't having much of Ryan Seacrest, and uh, Jimmy Fallon, who was a little bit like a golden retriever, and Jimmy Kimmel, who actually had the most hilarious moment on the red carpet when he looked at Ryan Seacrest and they were talking about who was wearing what. And uh, Jimmy Kimmel said to Ryan Seacrest, you, what, you're wearing your own suit? That's just like masturbating. <laughs> so top marks for that. So to recap the red carpet experience on E!, I'm going to give them an A for giving us solid fashion history and cool cultural context in a neat, fun, intelligent way. They're getting an A mostly, I think, because of Brad Goreski's addition to the E-Team. I'm going to give them a B plus for giving us flowers in a brand new shade, something different to look at, and great vantage points but I'm gonna give them a C minus for their marketing tie-ins. I think they could have done a much better job than that and really made us care about their advertisers.
So it's not a bad score for E. Now, how did Fox.com do? I watched Fox.com on my laptop as I was watching the E coverage on my flat screen. And Joe Z was doing a decent job as a host. I, I like Joe a lot. He's a fellow Canadian. He's got um, lots of fashion clout like Brad. He's maybe not the best interviewer on the red carpet for me, but he's okay. There was sort of an awkward moment with Jonathan Banks from Better Call Saul, which you know he said that he was gonna die from an effing stroke because of the heat. And and because Joe's uh, delivery was maybe not as as fun or as smooth as I hoped, I chose to watch the coverage from Fox.com on one of their live cameras. They actually give you the option to choose your stream, which I think was super cool. And they had one called the Director's Cut. And this was essentially a camera that was placed at a point where the celebrities got out of their limos. And I don't think the celebrities actually knew that they were being filmed, though I, I would imagine their handlers would say, okay, the minute you step out of your, your car, um, you know, all eyes on you. But it's funny because some celebs may have forgotten this. And this is where I think as a viewer, anyone who enjoys the spectacle of the red carpet, you get the most raw moments and the most real moments, which are, are really some of the most fun moments from the red carpet. So I thought I'd just give you a little rundown to uh, tell you who I thought were maybe the nicest celebrities and then maybe the ones that were a bit more difficult. So in terms of nicest looking celebrities, uh, Vanessa Bayer from SNL was all smiles. She has the best dimples ever and she was nice to everyone in her purview. Uh, Mindy Kaling was lovely and gracious. Um, the couple who I thought were adorable and they're like seasoned pros uh, were Naomi Watts and Liev Schreiber. They got out of the, the limo, they had their assistant with them and they handed over their sunglasses and their I think that maybe their wallet or whatever it was compact to their assistant. And then this was great. They looked at each other. They gave each other a little nod, kind of like, okay, honey, we got this. And then they strode onto the red carpet and struck a pose. And I thought that was amazing. It just shows a couple, you know, who knows what's going on behind the scenes, but a couple for the eyes of the public that really know the business of the red carpet and they really seem to have it in sync. Now, who was playing up for the cameras by the step and repeat? Definitely, I noticed major attitude from Emma Roberts, who was using her clutch, her small purse, as a shield from the winds, because it was not just hot, but it was really windy on the red carpet. She had this long Veronica Lake-like hairdo, and she seemed scared to death that it was going to blow out of place. So she had lots of kind of uh, smiles interspersed with looks of being terrified and just not so happy to be posing down on the red carpet. There was also the Huff siblings, Derek Huff and Julianne Huff. And Julianne Huff, she is in it to win it uh, on the step and repeat. She was in this long black dress, which she was working like a supermodel. She actually took a long time on the red carpet, so much so that it looked to me like her handler was sort of beckoning her to, to move it along. Um, and then the other couple that I want to mention was maybe at, at the exact opposite spectrum of Liev Schreiber and Naomi Watts, who's, uh, who's Sofia Vergara 
and Joe Manchinello. And you can kind of almost tell that they're a new couple. Sophia was giving Joe side eyes all the time. And you could tell by their expression from the director's cut cam from Fox.com that Joe Manchinello was not having the red carpet. He was smiling, but it looked slightly forced. And Sophia Vergara, of course, she was in it to win it. She is a massive pro at the red carpet because this is where she shines. She uh, she gets her pictures and all the glossies and all over the internet for being so buxom and vivacious and bubbly. And she was um, shilling her new perfume, which comes out in October. It's called Love, by the way. And apparently, according to her, it has vanilla and sandalwood and coffee flower from Colombia. Um, and I think Brad Goreski last night I was reading on Twitter that he said that she, he expects that she will have a pop-up shop sometime soon. Um, so those two, it's going to be very interesting to see their dynamic, uh, during the award season to come. Now, the final person I'll mention that I saw on this director's cut cam was the person who I would maybe call like the most difficult celebrity or the celebrity who just was not enjoying herself. And that was good old Kathy Bates. She was channeling a bit of Norma Desmond and Margot Channing and she was just... Oh, she was just staring down the paparazzi, kind of with one of those glances like, take my picture now, hurry up, you've got two seconds and that's all I'm going to give you. And it was very funny to contrast her with um, Taylor Schilling, who was on the red carpet at the exact same time on the step and repeat. And Taylor Schilling was all smiles and poses and arched backs and arched elbows. And uh, Kathy Bates was just sort of like the cat who was about to eat the canary. Get out of my way. So those are the moments I love most from from Fox. It was not as slick as the coverage that I saw on E, but I think that's not what I expected from Fox. So it was a really nice compendium to the stuff that I was seeing on E. So overall, I would give Fox.com a B for their multiple feeds. And I really think the multiple feeds is what made it interesting. So E! Network got a pair of A's and one C- minus for kind of botched product placement, but they are kicking off this year's award season in fine form. And I'm really looking forward to seeing um, what else they have to give us. So my recommendations to wrap up this uh, episode of Rose Carpet Theater it would be great if E finds a replacement to the Manicam. I think they should keep going with the idea of bringing fun to the red carpet. There's no reason that fashion cannot have some gravitas to it with also with some fun. Uh, some sense of edginess was missing with the absence of Joan Rivers and Kelly Osborne, and I would encourage E to find a way to bring that back. I would also encourage E to figure out a way to get more creative with their product placements because they can be fun. They could be a fun part of the experience. And maybe it would be great for Fox.com to think about a way to integrate their live streaming cameras into some of their more major feeds. Well, that's a wrap on the first episode of Rosé Carpet Theatre. I hope you'll stay tuned with me for more episodes this fall right through to the winter awards season. Oh, and if you liked the special advertising messages from our sponsor, Chateau de Provence Rosé Wine, well, truth be told, I actually made those up. There is no such thing as Chateau de Provence Rosé Wine. 
One day, I hope to have a podcast with a real advertising sponsor. But until then, I thought I'd have some fun and show you how I'd work with an innovative advertiser to create content that's both relevant and fun. So I hope you enjoyed them, and I am looking forward to hearing from you. On Twitter or on Instagram, you can reach me at Mark Challen Live. I will see you next time on Rosé Carpet Theatre.